Sometimes studying the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing. Grounded in Truth with Janet Dennison will help you learn to study, understand, and apply God's Word to your daily life. His Word is true. And guess what? It's for everyone. So thanks for joining us today as we dive into Scripture together. Today we're going to look at Lesson 15, and I titled it The Sovereignty of God, from Romans 9, verses 14 to 29. And Paul has continually, from the beginning of this letter, made the point, and so have I, that people are counted as righteousness because of their faith. Uh, Never doubt that if you have faith in Jesus, God counts you as righteous. God's made several covenants from the history. We talked about those last week, the covenant that he made with Abraham, then again with Moses, with Joshua, then through the prophets. His final covenant was through the gift of his son. God's character, his redemptive purpose remained the same throughout all of biblical history. He wanted everyone to live eternally. But from the beginning, the book of Genesis, to the end, we knew that only some would live eternally. Paul is going to carefully make that argument today. If you are somebody who either practically or truly believes that everyone goes to heaven, I want you to process what you think over what the Bible says today. Uh, It's a hard thing to be at the funeral of someone you really care about and not know for sure, and to comfort ourselves with the knowledge they were such a good person. They did so much good in this world. But let's look at what God says about that. It is good to be a good person. It's just not enough. And so let's look at the truth of God's word at this point. Paul said, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. He was quoting God's words. That's God saying, Jacob I received, Esau I couldn't. It wasn't about genetics. It wasn't about being born into a faith. It wasn't about being born into a family or a nation. God didn't choose to bless Esau because he couldn't bless Esau. Esau didn't live for God. He didn't choose God. So today's lesson, should God change his laws to cater to what we want to believe? Or should we change what we believe to honor what he said is true? And I want to apply that to any area of your life that may not stand along with the teaching of God's word. Paul says, what then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. Remember last week he said, I said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire, but on God's mercy. God's judgment is perfect. He doesn't base it on what we want to be true. 
His mercy isn't based on what we even believe to be true if it's not lined up with his word. God knows who has genuine faith, and he knows who belongs in heaven. And you can trust that. And you can trust that is truth. Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. This is another really hard verse. In essence, it's this. Never forget that God knows who is going to place their faith in him as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. God knows that. God knew that when Moses was living. And so God raised up Pharaoh, a man he knew was never going to be a man of faith. He raised him up. Why? So that he could bring those plagues, so that he could bring that knowledge of who is God and who is not. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, not because God didn't give him a chance to know him, but because God knew he would continue to refuse him. And God used Pharaoh as an example of who is God and who is not. And that was the whole purpose of the plagues, of the freeing of the nation of Israel, of Passover, where they put the blood on the doorpost. Yes, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, but that's the natural result of refusing God. Always stand on God's perfect judgment. He knows what to do for everyone's greatest good. One of you will say to me, Paul says, then why does God still blame us? Remember, he's talking to his Jewish brothers. It's like, why does God still blame us? We came into the Christian church. For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? I actually love that statement. It's highlighted in my Bible. Every now and then I disagree with something God has allowed. One of my favorite people gets a bad diagnosis. One of my family members does. Every now and then I disagree with what God allows in this world. And this is the verse I try to remember. I look in the mirror and say, who are you? a human being, to talk back to God? Do I express what I wish? Absolutely. Do I grieve that God allowed it? Yes. Do I accept what I cannot understand? I try. But my answer to all of those moments in this life lies right there. He is God, and I'm not. Paul writes, shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of some, out of the same lump of clay, 
some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Yes, God can create in our lives exactly who he wants us to be. He is sovereign. He knows. He can give us our weaknesses and he can give us our strengths. We don't, any of us, get to be everything. But rest on this. When the good Lord made you who you are, he knew exactly what he was doing. And it was for your high redeemed purpose that he made you who you are. There's a lot of moments in this life we can't understand God. There's never a moment we can't accept and acknowledge he is God. Paul writes, what if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us whom he called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles? Jewish people were raised to believe that Gentiles were objects of God's wrath. There was a saying in the first century among Jewish people that Gentiles were literally created to be firewood for hell. That was what they believed about the Gentiles. And Paul says, consider God's patience with the Jewish people, the ones who were supposed to know better and still sinned. Why wouldn't he also be patient with the Gentiles who didn't have the same opportunities? Consider God's patience throughout biblical history with the Jewish people. And even in his patience, God said to Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And in this very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called children of the living God. This is Paul speaking to the wired-in prejudice, sense of superiority the Jewish people had over their Gentile brothers. This is... Paul saying, don't you realize that Hosea already told you they would be the children of the living God? So he reminds all those Jewish nationalist brothers that the prophets had already told them the Gentiles were intended to be God's children too. God wants everyone to be saved. Jesus died for everyone. The Jewish people were supposed to live as an example of what it means to be blessed by the one and only God. Instead, they made God theirs and not anyone else's. And that problem still existed in the first century church. It actually still exists today. 
Do you think there are people who are not worthy to be Christians? Do you think there's a race of people that you don't want anywhere near your church? Then read this chapter for your own sake, for your own heart. God is patient with everyone because he wants everyone to be saved. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Paul says, though the number of the Israelites will be like the sand of the sea, only the remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. I believe that there's a really good chance I'm teaching the remnant today. Most people who would listen to a Bible study like this probably know Jesus is their Lord. But the remnant needs to stand up. The remnant needs to know for certain that the way is narrow and few find it. That's the truth of Scripture. We don't know that. We don't feel that with arrogance or pride. We feel that with hopefully a sense of great discomfort. Not everyone is going to be saved. It, that was Isaiah speaking in the Old Testament. Esau and Jacob were early on in Genesis. Not everyone is going to go to heaven. The Bible makes that very clear. God never promised either that a certain race of people would go to heaven. He said it's a remnant from the whole world. There's a verse in the book of Revelation where John is looking into this vision of heaven and he sees a people there from every race and every nation. That's heaven. But he never sees everyone from this world. The remnant are those who God finds faithful. And so Romans 9.29, Paul says, It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have been like Sodom, we would have been like Gomorrah. If God had not left a legacy of faith from the days of Adam and Eve through Noah, through Seth, God's judgment is always tempered by his mercy. God has never left this world without the ability to know him. And those who repent and walk with God are saved. Those who continue in their sin and refuse God's mercy, his provision for them, they're judged accordingly. It is the truth, and it's hard truth, but it is the truth of Genesis through Revelation. So, do we trust and embrace God's sovereignty? Do we know in our hearts that God is perfect always? God is loving always. God is just always. God is fair always. We cannot understand God but we can accept his perfection. We can accept that everything he does is perfect because he's not capable of anything less than perfection. C.H. Spurgeon has a wonderful quote about the sovereignty and perfection of God. 
He was an early preacher in the United States. He said, Almightiness and wisdom combined will make no failures. There are times when it will feel like God has disappointed you or let you down. Know that God has always acted with perfect, sovereign, redeeming love. If we make mistakes, he redeems them for our good, Romans 8.28. If we're called to his purpose, if we love him. Our greatest source of peace doesn't come from understanding God. We never will. It does come from accepting and believing in his sovereign nature. So the next time it feels like God let you down or made a mistake, or there's no way God, a good God, could have allowed that, remember and know that it is impossible for God to do anything except out of perfect love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, John writes, Beloved, child of God, love one another because love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If you do not love, you don't know God because God is love. It's a great gift you have to give to a world that doesn't want to know the Lord. Do you love them enough to share? Do you believe what I just taught here today so that you want other people to know that as well? It's the knowledge that not everyone goes to heaven that prompts most of our evangelism. So I close with this. If you took a piece of paper and a pencil and you wrote down the list of people that you know are going to be in heaven because they knew you here on earth, which names would you write down? That's this lesson today. It's short. It needed to be. Because for the remaining minutes that I would have spent here teaching you, I would like for you to know that I didn't just ask that as a rhetorical question. I want you to find a piece of paper and I want you to pray. And I want you to start listing names of people whose spiritual life has been impacted simply because they knew you. It's not a contest. It's not a race. Your list isn't for anyone else but you. Ask God to give you those names. But at the end of it, ask God if he's satisfied. Ask God for the love you need and the compassion you need to care about the names that should be on your list and aren't there yet. And may his kingdom be different because you heard this today and you believed what Isaiah and Paul said. Not everyone is going to go to heaven. 
some people will go to heaven because of you. Please, God, may that be why we studied this today. I'll see you next week. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening today. We all know life can get in the way of our best intentions to study God's Word. That's why we're here, to help you consistently stay in Scripture, understand it, and apply it to your daily life. So make sure you hit that follow button wherever you're listening so you'll never miss an episode.